you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 97, and we're coming to you under some strange circumstances here. Yeah, dude. Neil, man, I miss you here in the studio. Yeah, this is wild. It's real wild. So we've got Neil at his house, I'm at my house, and Seth is at Thunder Sound, right? Yes, sir. I'm at Thunder Sound. Yes, sir. Well, welcome, Seth, man. We're glad you could uh, could join us. Yeah, I'm honored. We always have a little bourbon while we're, while we're <laughs> podcasting, so... You'll see us taking a sip here and there. So yeah, what, what kind of bourbon are we drinking there? Cheers, guys. Cheers. All right. You got a Coors Light? Oh, there's a story behind that, but we'll get to that. Basil Hayden. Basil Hayden. Nice. A little Basil Hayden tonight, man. Christmas present. What are you going with? Yeah, what do you got, Brad? I've got old granddad. <laughs> Whoa. And you... <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I found out from uh, a guy that works at Jim Beam. This is Basil Hayden. Really? Yeah, man. Yes. It's, it's really good. It's the same. Uh, I would have never guessed that, but I don't I don't think it's exactly the same. It's supposed to be the same mash bill, but it's probably not aged as long. But yeah. it's, uh, well, it's super smooth. Good. It just doesn't stay with you very long. I don't, it's, I'm not a big fan. I like a little more, a uh, little more bite on my <laughs> tonsils when I'm, when I'm drinking bourbon. He likes to know what he's drinking. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so uh, uh, the bourbon thing has come into moderation, but we Kentucky boys, so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was two. Uh, uh, just so everybody's aware, I think y'all just got two sponsorships there, so we'll make sure we follow through with those two companies with you all. <laughs> okay, take care of that for us. <laughs> I'm gonna give a shout out to Four Roses. Uh, <laughs> Brent Elliott, the master distiller there, good buddy of mine. So well, go, go hit him up. Let's there do that go. for sure. So you have a Coors Light going over there, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, there's a story behind that. Uh, there's always a Coors Light in the fridge uh, at Thunder Sound. Um, it was it was Swayze's go-to. Billy Swayze is uh, he was <coughs> best friend, uh, the uh, lead singer of our first band in high school called Do It Tomorrow. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. You know, it's just something that whenever we're on a trajectory of art and speaking with you guys uh it's always something like to honor them. i would keep bourbon here but i knew you all would have it on lock so uh <laughs> but yeah it, i could go on a tangent with it man on, on on billy swayze i wouldn't be sitting there talking to you guys uh without my best friend and um he, he's he's not with us anymore but 
the art will live forever, man. And, um, and that was the mission. Uh, we bought our first mic our first year out of high school. Um, the first mics we ever used for a, a PBS NPR special called Lost River Sessions uh, was from the Thunder Sound studio. And mm-hmm. man, it's just been, uh, it's been a wild ride since then. And it's been a cool ride. Uh, but, you know, uh, if anybody finds the money, let us know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, we definitely, we definitely want to talk about Lost River Sessions. But yeah. before we get there, we generally start with the same question. So we're going to ask you that question here. Just if, uh, if you'll go back to uh, your earliest memories of music and kind of tell us what you remember early on with music. And at, at what point did you decide... You know, music's going to be a big part of my life, and uh, I'm going to make this a serious piece. Yeah, man. Uh, and that gave me chills. Um, whoo! Uh, I'd say my mama. Uh, here's the really crazy. I was raised Church of Christ. Um, uh, love existential missions. Something our power greater than yourself. Um, whatever that is, God is love. Love is God. Whatever your belief is, but there was no instruments in church. Um, uh, at the Church of Christ. Um, so I had this uh, longing because my dad was a songwriter and he would play with Leroy Parnell. Oh, wow. Uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Leroy Parnell is unbelievable, uh, dude. I would travel with him, uh, you know, with Leroy Parnell and Misty Mountain Band. And I would just watch, man. I, I, and I fell in love with it. I was I was raised on the road and on the stage. And uh, when I would get back home, Sundays was... Don't clap, just sing, <laughs> and don't play an instrument. Is that right? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's the that's the first uh, that's the first one, man. Is uh, definitely that you know, may, and I, I think I, I pay homage to my mama on the organ singing the hymnals, but it, it was all like those collective uh, uh, connections of of music and uh, it being authentic and also tapping into something that that they call God, you know? And then also the dichotomy of uh, you can't have music, you can't have instruments at this place, but dad's over here rocking out with Leroy Parnell. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And then you go to mama's house and, you know, uh, she'd be on the organ singing hymns. So I say, that's it. Bill Monroe too, always on the record. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I had a, uh, we called, we called my grandmother, mama and, uh, she had an organ and she was a huge influence on me too, as far as, you know, uh, the love of music. So that's pretty interesting. I've never heard of anybody else that had a mama. <laughs> yeah, man. I hope everybody finds a mama before they leave this planet. <laughs> I wish that for all you all. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point did you pick up uh, your first instrument? Oh man. Uh, I guess drums probably were at three, but you know, uh, my parents have videos of me still in a uh, high chair, man, you know, beating the sticks. I think a lot of us have it. Everybody's got it. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of letting go, you know? Like, if the instrument could be a an offbeat rhythm, it's still there, you know? Or it's, uh, but yeah, I would say very young, three years old, I remember Christmas time walking into a, I don't, I, I, I can't tell you the name of the set. I just know it was bright red. It had a splash symbol in the middle. And it was rock and roll after that. (laughs) (laughs) What came first for you guys? Well, I guess uh, 
I guess you started playing music in, in bands, um, yeah. but you started the uh, Dead Broke Barons pretty early, didn't you? Yeah, man. Uh, that's uh, that's Hunter Colson. Uh, he's he's the cornerstone of it, and Shane Johnson, man, my mentor. Two of uh, there's a common theme here. Two artists that Billy also looked up to, uh, Swayze, and uh, was our band members too at times. Um, yeah, you know, uh, they're unbelievable artists, man. And uh, Dead Broke Barons was something that came up whenever, uh, you know, we just wanted to tone it back a little bit. We're, we're, uh, we're rocking out a lot. Uh, we all had kids and uh, we became fathers. And I think that's when we got out the string instruments. Also, I was a huge fan of the Boat Floating Dragon Chasers, which was a string band they had. Um Yes, boat floating dragon chasers. Great name, and um, <laughs> and I was obsessed with their string band. They did, and uh, and I would sit in with them every now and then. Uh, at, at that's after the fact, but they that there was just a, there was something about that sound. And then Nick Colson, Hunter's brother, um, man, he's gonna kill me for even mentioning his name. <laughs> but uh, you want to talk about an enigma? Some of the, one of the best vocalists I've ever met, and he's he had this voice. Uh, I just, I wanted to pay homage to it. And I begged him to sing with us. And we started the Dead Broke Barons. Uh, that was a, a name that I want. It was either Tin Can Sailors, which was homage to the our Navy pap and uh, the Tin Can Sailor who was in the Navy or was Dead Broke Barons. Shane had a, had a dream and it was Dead Broke Barons, man. And we were all broke. As, hmm. So it, it, comes, <laughs> it all comes full circle. <laughs> 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 so what age were you when this was all going on ah damn good question i'd say started that band deborah barons is probably 20 23 24 is i think we started really playing but we never recorded anything man and we never really have other than the lost river session so i say mid-20s no kidding never recorded anything other than the lost river sessions Probably won't ever will, man, because it's like it's like it's the back, it's the back, uh, it's. The, I mean, I I say that, but you know, it's one of those things like you don't put a label on it. We play when we have the time to go play. We record yeah. when we have time to go record, and uh, that was something that was brought to us like an idea. And we're like, yeah, let's do something cool in Franklin. Nothing ever happens here. Swayze, we've got these awesome microphones we've never used. Western Kentucky University has got this cool program. Darius Barati, who is another best friend of mine now, I meet him there, um, brings a student crew. But, yeah, uh, it, it, we just captured that moment, and we've captured it twice with them, and we did a lot of uh, of live shows at the Capitol. But, yeah, man, I'm with you. I heard I heard the emphasis on that. Never recorded much. I know. It used to, it used to eat at me, too. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it makes it special, brother. You know, like yeah. it's just, it makes it special. And you can hear it because that's like you all, the one mic, uh, you know, the one take. Uh, that's it. Yeah. It's it. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> when you uh, sent me the message on Instagram and said such, uh, you know, such kind things about about our uh, one shot, one mic, one song. Yeah. Uh, first thing I did was, just, was get on there and, you know, I always Google people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like we do yeah. and the lost river sessions came up and that that was a pretty uh pretty big deal for pbs yeah man and it still is i think darius has uh brought in s several regional emmys darius i apologize 
uh, and he's helped shape that program, man. He's a genius producer. Um, he just allows the artists to do their thing. He's got the shots. He's got the angles. He allows Jeff Petroselli, the audio engineer, to really set it up uh, to capture the sound the way it should be for those instruments. But, man, the fact that you all are are doing that, it's so authentic, man. You know, um, I mentioned Bill Monroe. Like, you know, uh, the one part, I guess, like, especially when engineers get upset and during a production or they go down this gear, uh, I guess, PP contest of gear, 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 or let's do this compressor, let's do this, let's do this preamp. And I'm there with them. I love all of it. And I, I nerd out on it. <laughs> but the real cool part is, man, is, you know, the John Lomax style of how you archive that, like Lead Belly, Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. how the things were original archive was having the small mic, the one take in the moment, you can't beat it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, uh, it's so honest, you know? And, uh, even if they mess up, it's like, even then, if, if, if they haven't had the ego death, like I have to force myself to have every day or try, <laughs> I hope somebody makes me have one. Like, I hope this creates one. We've been fortunate, and I'm sure you have too, to have musicians and bands that are willing to give up their time and give up their energy and freaking go with it, man. You know, if a mistake happens, like you mentioned, for me, a lot of times a mistake in a live recording is my favorite part. You know, it's it's the realness and the rawness and, and where, how do you, where do you go from here? You know, and a lot of times, especially with some of these musicians, it's it we no, you don't even realize they made a mistake until the end. They're like, oh, I messed up the, uh, you know, third note in the second chorus, leading into the bridge. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what are you? Talking about? I, man, I have that happen all the time. You're right. And then they'll do I have like the 67 takes and you're like, hmm. dude, the 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 fifth one you did was better than the second one, but the second one I liked the most. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, but and that makes the, that makes a ton of sense. You know, and here's the part, though. I mean, here's my, I guess this this was taught to me, you know. It was taught by a lot of different producers and artists that, you know, have all the accolades in life. But but I think it comes, like, just from being a good human. And uh, I'm a huge advocate for persons of all abilities. Uh, the government likes to call it people with disabilities. Um, but there's a person-centered approach that you treat individuals that they say have a disability. I think it's just an everyday life, man. Like uh, the artist says something, as long as they're not hurting anybody, hurting themselves, or, you know, there's not anything, nothing going to lead to something cataclysmic, you know, let them be, let them do their thing, you know, because that's the journey. Like, but if they're in it, I've learned and I've seen it. And I've, even the ones with the Grammys that use it as doorstops to collect dust and, uh, if that's a thing, you know, their whole vision was is that the art comes first. And if they're worried about the product or the monetary end of it, it's it's probably not going to work out. You know, it's just mm. the, it, the freeing part and the honesty part is what gets it. And I, I again, this all works, reverts back to me being a huge fan of you all. So it's uh, it, it's the secret. It's the secret. Um, the, uh, the great art is honest. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's what I was kind of kind of ask you. I mean, you know, you've had a ton of people come through and uh, record with you. And is that something that that you can tell? I mean, 
when a band walks in and is it a vibe that you can feel or is it like they're do you know that the art isn't first it's more or less the they're trying to create a product instead of create art uh let me talk my lie real quick I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no names mentioned, man. <laughs> I'm going to take the bandana around before we start talking. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, ATO has a lot of great artists. And um, there's a... Uh, yeah, man, but I still feel... And it's not just me. I think there's other producers and engineers. That's nothing about Thunder. Um, you know, from Barlow that's helped set this up to Troy Mims, the studio manager, to Max Erskine that's helping engineer and produce with the Young Romantics right now, who also helped with uh, De Niro Romero. Man, I love those guys. Um, huh, they're awesome. There's always, uh, yes, there is always a time where something happens and comes in. And I think, I think you have to be aware to tell them, like, hey, man, are you wanting to get popular? You wanted like if you want if you're wanting to get popular, then sure take that route. But uh, you know, it, I, yeah, I, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. I've seen it, but I would say more times than 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 none, we we've had the productions happen. And I, I if Troy's around, I'd like to hear his point of view on this. And Max is at one point. Hopefully, we can all come over and have this conversation. Yeah. There's always a moment. There's always a moment when we all get honest in those productions. Like, you know, hey man, what are you doing? Are you trying to appease to get the top forty hit right here? Um, because you know the artists that have come through this studio and because they got that hit. But the story I tell them is, is that man, the one that made it for them is that they believed in and didn't care about. And then they hit the road and lived in a van and off peanuts and gas money from road to road for two years. And they rolled the soul of that song. That's why, that's what got them to that top. And then, yes, you have the ones that, that have the hundreds of thousands of dollars, not here. If that's happened, we need to know about it. Uh, (laughs) You you have that happen, man. Uh, But it's usually on music row and uh, it's, yeah. It it, it 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 exists, and sometimes yeah, they do leak through. But I think here, man, it's it's like it's like church to me. We always have these moments we're we're talking about right here. Like, bro, are are you here to become popular, or are you here to represent like what Thunder Sound's about? Why Tiger Merritt called it Thunder Sound? Why we created the emblem to where it looks like family? You know, we get the Grateful Dead thing all the time, but. You know, the tapers exist back in the day. And um, that's something I hope society brings back where they're wanting to like walk into a Coliseum for a huge, you know, whatever name an artist that can sell out a Coliseum. And then the tapers are coming in with all their gear and they're like, what? Mm-hmm. you can't come in here. You know what I mean? Like, what's all this <laughs> stuff you're bringing? We're, no, we're going to record the show because Jerry said we could record and we get to sell it. And then we get to trade it and live off each other. And this is our nurses that we brought with us. And this is the merch people. Well, do they hire you out? No, no, we're family. We're family. <laughs> and that's where it comes from, man. <laughs> so, so if they it, sue it, us for them, sounds... we're going to be like, we're family. <laughs> but, you know, it sounds like with uh, with everything that you've done, there's intent behind it. You know, speaking of even to the emblem, there's an in- intention behind it. 
when you were setting up uh, Thunder, where where did the idea come from? What was the whole? What was the vision? Uh, you had you you know you talked about you and Swayze with the microphone. Yeah. How did it get yeah. from so, yeah, you, so you two with the really, microphone? It, it, it start. It, it really starts and ends, man. And if you hear it from anybody else, you know I'll, I'll be the first to tell you it's a lie. It starts with Billy Swayze and Tiger Merritt, and it ends there, man. And um, Billy, to me, is a legend, and he always will be. Um, but yeah, he had a vision when we were in high school to do this. And he's an awesome, he was an awesome producer. So, um, cage, the cage element guys will tell you that every band around cage element will tell you that, uh, I could go through a list of artists and rock and rollers that can sell out stadiums that come and hung out here. Um, and got creative here in this room in hotel Cali where we're sitting right now. And I'm honored to be sitting there talking to you about it. So yeah, it, it starts with Billy and um, Tiger's dead too, man. He's passed away, and we've lost uh, Jeremy Pryor, which is a drummer. So, um, yeah, sorry guys, I'm That's still happy. Man. It's so does a, it? It's real. Yeah. Do you feel a huge responsibility to those guys to take the mantle and and run with it and make it special? Not. I, I, not necessarily make it big or bigger than it, but just make it like you talked about a sanctuary, man. Yeah, uh, it's keeping it honest, man. It's keeping it honest because the first thing all this is about, you know, they see a, a million dollar analog studio with gear that's not in Nashville. They see the list mm-hmm. of artists that have come through here. They see the record labels that are attached. But man, when we were rehearsed as a high school band, it was an office from an old rubber band factory. <laughs> and we were kids with dreams, yeah. you know, and uh, we should always stay there. Oh, like yeah. the I mean, moment I, I, we leave that area, it's over. I mean, Thunder Sound is really a resort, yeah. you know. So, can you kind of, uh, for our listeners, kind of describe what you what you have there? Yeah, uh, it's. And uh, I mean this respectfully. It's uh, it's yours, Brad. It's yours, Neil. It's it's a we thing. It's a family thing. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lodge. There's Hotel Cali. There, there's a unbelievable studio, um, which there's Young Romantics that is recording in, which is a local group that has a lot of heart and a lot of passion. And uh, I just watched the cliche video this afternoon. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Dude, he gets after it, don't he? He gets, yeah. he gets after it. Um, uh, man, it's uh, yeah. it's the getaway, man. You know, it was Billy's dream and uh, to, to have the place to where if the artist needs that place, the getaway, to uh, come create. And it be the in-between-the-cracks artist. Um, and I think Troy, I hope you could, uh, at some point, I want you to speak to Troy because he was here during a lot of the construction of it. We used to call him uh, TroyPanel.com because he helped build all these panels out of pallets and we had to put them <laughs> everywhere because <laughs> Billy wouldn't rid of the windows so we could see outside because that's how we used to rehearse in the office, man. You know, like a lot of the, a lot of your engineer heads, uh, like you got to get rid of these windows, man. And Bill's like, no, nah, no, nah, ain't that. Ain't that. Ain't that. We'll, we'll build a panel. We got a panel. 
We got a panel for that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> and we did. <laughs> he made Troy build him. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, I can relate. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, we're looking at them right now, Brad. There's four of them. Yeah, the, I see. There's the one, picture. Brad. I've got one right behind. I got <laughs> yeah. one right behind, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, they're all hand-built. That's cool. That's the best way, man. It's the best way. I think that's where it got, gets obsessed, the analog thing. Billy, I, I'll tell you a quick story. I just I, I think about it all the time, um, I, especially yesterday. We've been recording some of Swayze's tracks that have never been released. And some of the best musicians we played with are recording them right now. It started snowing. One 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 ice storm in April. It was spring break, um, um, and like my family, it lives two farms back. Uh, my other family's right down the road from here. We have a spray paint road that's four and a half miles of nothing but art and graffiti for four and a half wow. miles on the way to the studio and past the studio. It is a once I've lived, I've lived and traveled everywhere, but it never ceases to amaze me. When you come from Nashville, you take a left off that interstate and you come down this country road, you see this. Uh, but you know, he, it was a Panama city beach trip. He wanted to go on to, and, uh, he had to get to Panama city beach, man. And he had a little bit cooler upbringing than I did. He had a GT 5.0. He was able to <laughs> get the studio built. Um, I was in a tobacco patch, couldn't ever get him to show up. Um, but uh, <laughs> he went to go to Panama, and this is when I knew, man, there was something special about his producing brain. Uh, he introduced me to, all, I've already listened to The Doors, but, dude, he knew everything there was to know about, you know, Strange and Strange Days, that album, the first one in 67, the Rothschild producer, um, he knew everything there was to know about that whole production. Every little analytic, every little analog setting, every musician, their emotions, what they were going hmm. through, the writing. While Jim was depressed and he looked at this guy for this writing here. And it just it it amazed me, man. Like I was like, he's got it, you know, because then it, it pulls something out of you that, well, I want this guy around when I'm making art. You know, and uh, and he did that. He did that for so many other artists. And that's why Matt Schultz, you know, uh, he would say these exact same things. And uh, that, that's why he would show up out here to get creative, uh, because just Bill had he had this energy. He still has this energy, man. It's right here right now. Uh, mm. And I don't know. He he called me Paramount because I would have these big ideas where we had to go beyond the studio. Like, as we got all this property, let's film a movie, bro. So he's like, Paramount Pedigo, here you go. Paramount Pedigo. But, uh, Paramount <laughs> but, man, this is good therapy for me, guys, too. So I thank you all. I mean, like, it's just Dude, crazy. This is like, great. Free, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. It. So how many acres are you sitting on there? It's 100 acres, but if we talk to wow. the Coomers next door, who's a big fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can spread out. <laughs> Yeah, we get bigger in Bonnerville around here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I tell you what, Seth, you uh, you're you're gonna have to. We're gonna take you up on that offer to come down and visit. Uh, you know, oh, dude, I already invited us. Clears up a little. I, bit. I self invited us yeah. on a podcast like two or three podcasts ago. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, I don't, do know, I don't know. If, uh, 
<laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, we need like, to make I that happen, man. Yeah, if you've gotten a personal message from me, and if there's other listeners on this, like if you've gotten a personal message from me, uh, you know, and it's been blessed by other people that help sustain this studio and the acreage on this farm. You know, there is a lodge that you can lease and be creative in. There is a Hotel Cali, which we're in right now. Um, and there's a unbelievable studio. But every part of this property, man, has a has a freeing place. And I, I, and I, I, and I would love for you all to come come hang. It would be an honor for you all to come hang. Um, you got it, brother. Yeah, yeah no so but I mean that, you know, it, I, I think Troy always talks about the damage control he's got to do with me. But, you know, <laughs> if Bill ain't here, he's in my ear all the time, dude, you know. And uh, Bonnie ain't called today, so we're good. That's, that's Billy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> she, che- she checks in on you guys every now and then. She yeah. makes sure you're minding your Q's and Q's, man. I guarantee it. I got one more, though, for you, man. I remember... I remember the dude that they, they had dropped a lot of money one day on some on actually we walked in. Hold up. We're going to call him out right now. I heard about some investments that were made while we were gone earlier. I still ain't got the whole like <laughs> itemized list yet, but that becomes like a ping pong game. You know, it's like, well, then how much did you bring in today? But I remember, I remember specifically, man, uh, you know, several times getting a call and that's just getting chewed out. But we're still we're building the dream. We're building the dream. Building the dream. Invest, invest, invest. Small business owner. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all these cool artists, you know, I can remember saying, "But mom, you go Cage Elephants right here. We're jamming out. They're writing a song. They're gonna put on the album. You know, like it's it's here. It's happening. It's here." Um, <laughs> and it was, man. And they've gotten two Grammys. Yeah, songs yeah. That, I mean, seriously, that, that were like, yeah, like that were like fruitioned. Like they were made. It's wild. So he was right when he was saying it. And uh, I was going to say, it's why you built right. the place, and man. Then yeah. And then he would be like, well, how much money did you make? Or she'd be like, how much money did you make? He'd be like, $200. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing we can relate that's studio to. studio life we, right there, bro. <laughs> we definitely yeah. spend a whole, whole, whole lot more money than we make. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but just hearing him say it, man, it sets with me all day. Troy's really good at telling that story too, man, but it <laughs> happened all the time. It, you know, we'd be rocking out for two days, you know, just, I don't know. And, but it, it is here, man, you know, it's here. And I think just like having this conversation with you all, you know, I hope it helps whatever art journey you all want to go on. Um, I will say this, like, again, like, it's so cool what y'all are doing for artists. It's so neat. So tell Jim James to give y'all a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I deliver yeah. mail to his driver. Maybe I'll knock on his door. There you hey, go. Jim, they pay baby. your bills, bro. They pay your bills, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we Neil and I talk about that all the time. You know, we uh we we've got a lot of support. Uh we don't at this point have a lot of financial support, but we feel yeah. like if we, you know, we're doing this because we love to do it. We love to have conversations yeah. with people like you. We love to have musicians come in here and have a private concert and record their songs. And, you know, we're, we're at the point now where, where people come in here and, and, you know, you can tell they've taken it seriously. They, they know what songs they're going to perform. And they've rehearsed. They're well rehearsed and they knock them out. And mm-hmm. we just yeah. figure if we keep doing that and doing it for the right reasons, something will break yeah. open. 
you yeah. already breaking open, brother. I'm telling you, I've, I've been I've been hanging out at some venues recently. And I've, it's been, you know, two or three years. I'm not a big venue guy. I don't, you know, like the touring mm-hmm. thing. I've got kids, got a lady, got a family, got all that, uh, you know, but you got a buzz going on, brother. It's pretty neat. Well, that's uh, good to just hear. enjoy yeah. the ride, you know, but in, in, in whatever it is, it is, is what I always tell myself, you know, like it doesn't thing. have to be grand, you know, it doesn't have to be granular. You know what this right now is, is, is big too. It, yeah, it's, man, that, it's neat. That's uh, I, I think you're right there. You know, just the, the relationships you form and the, uh, I don't know what the word is. I guess it is more relationships than anything. It's granular, according to Barlow. Granular, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is. I mean, this is—it it was so. Everything's just happening for a reason, I guess. But you know, it leads to conversations like this, and and meeting amazing people, and that—that's what. Uh, I didn't expect this. Surprising. I didn't expect to be able to, uh, you know, ask artists to come into a studio and and play free music because what happens is me and Brad become huge fanboys in the room. You know, we get these free concerts. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I guess the access that we're given. Um, and, and part of that is leading into a question. So do you find regardless of the genre, regardless of the artist, regardless of what's brought into the studio to record, do you find yourself becoming a fan almost regardless if it's, your style or your feel or whatever. Is there something that you always tend to take away from the process or enjoy out of the process that that gives you a, a true love for the artists that you're recording? You just, you just said it. I mean, you just said the very end. Uh, It's, you know, it's existential, you know, it's, it's the love that you get from it. There's genres I have fell in love with because I received love when I needed love through the art at that mm-hmm. moment. There's art that I never thought I would like that just hit me at once, mm-hmm. you know, and there's been artists that come here that I got dog talk for like, you know, what, what, what are you doing? You know, it's like, he's like, they were like, Captain Beefheart was one thing, but this guy, like, yeah, but wait until you talk to him, you know? and. uh you hit it. That's it. That means y'all got it, man. I mean, you, that means y'all got it. And it's the secret, you know. Uh, you know, apparently Rick Rubin didn't know how to play any instruments, so he's doing all right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. But I, and when he started, when he started, man. Now but, he's got it. Just yeah, about right. Him. But he, I still think he had the he had the energy, man. He let he let he had that comfort. To you know, and right now more than ever, you know, and Brad, like y'all, you're giving a platform, man. To people need this right now, man. Like, yeah, you know, they 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 try, and I, it's not they. I I I I didn't mean when I say that. It certain things happened on this planet where many people's lives were changed, and people have passed away. So that's been a common thread in my life because i you know i've chose show business at times and um where death comes to the forefront and it makes you become primal and survival and to me the best medicine as long as we have food and water 
sometimes not much food and water when you're making art, but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it, man. Like it, people are like, they're just, they need it. They need this to sustain. And to think that that was unplugged at one point or almost mm. terminated, it's really hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm sure you all have known people and I, I've had individual artists, not going to mention names. I've had artists that you all have had that went through a really rough time, dude. And uh, y'all gave them a shout out. You gave them a place to come be comfortable. And uh, I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like I owe you all. Cause like you, you took care of family. And uh, I just hope more people understand that, that, that equation, you know, that I, I hope they get it. And uh, well, hell, I don't know if we got it. You're right, bro. You know, I think I think You're that right. you know, I'm really, I, I, yeah. Because we, I guess, until you put it in perspective like that, because it is such it's it's an honor for us. It, it's absolutely an honor for us because we send out an invite or get a, an email or something, and, and the next thing you know, we have this band or person in the studio that's absolutely opening up yeah. and telling and telling their story, and then you know, once it we don't do covers, it's all original stuff. So keep that. People are, they're just throwing it all out there. They're they're laying their soul out there for for anybody that will uh, take three minutes or four minutes to listen to what they have to say. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't, I don't think in the grand scheme of things that that we even thought about that. I, I know I didn't. It's Brad, especially you once yeah, you no. know everything is what it is. Not, yeah. No, not to that depth. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's something that 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 we enjoy doing and and we enjoy doing it for others which i think you know that always comes back to you um you know mm-hmm. we we really like helping people get their art out there yeah. and uh, yeah but yeah I, you never dude, think about how about it might it. impact people I, that depth yeah i feel selfish about it sometimes man because you know it's like like i said we get these mini shows it's like oh man we get such cool access and i don't know if selfish is the right word because it's just it feels so personal when you have these connections and these relationships and it's like man this is so awesome and and something i don't don't know if i don't know if when you guys started um you know thunder if if you had a vision that was as grand as what it is and what it became and and maybe you had that the thought of giving a a respite for artists, a place for people to come. But did you got it. when you guys set all this up? Did was it going to be that big in your head? Was it always this big? Uh, yeah, Paramount Pedigo, Swayze, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and a very grateful and unbelievable Swayze family that I'm so honored to have been, you know, raised around and grew up. And oh, Billy's dad was a professional wrestler, by the way. Yeah, he, okay. yeah, so he's always had the showmanship <laughs> going for him, bro. Yeah, he was taking it off oh, with, you know, tag team with Hillbilly Jim, beautiful Bruce. He was notorious <sighs> for coming out spiffed out, looking sexy all the time, and then taking an L. <laughs> taking a huge walk. <laughs> but would walk out, would walk out of the ring humble and looking fine. Like, yeah, I, I mean, and then be, being around beautiful Bruce and Bonnie and Billy, uh, you know, 
Yes, it's always been that big because I think also we got to thank Bruce for that because he was a professional wrestler. You know, like he mm-hmm. he had that mentality. He didn't think small. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, dude, we would have we were doing that at young ages. Like, you know, we had the neighbors have to go buy us pans and like we, we I don't know. It's a whole other story. But it's <laughs> yes, it's always been granular, Barlow. And uh, granular is a new word he taught me. I'm trying to get it in my vernacular. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's always. But I will say this, man, Billy, the idea, um, I think it was all about rock and roll. You know, he was a soul of rock and roll. The dude, we had a talent show. Never understood Battle of the Bands. I couldn't. I can't. I still this day can't process it. His dad being a professional wrestler, he liked a little competition every now and then. And uh, <laughs> so that was kind of like the yin and the yang with him, you know, like kind of humble that. But the dude smashed a guitar on our high school basketball court. And uh, <laughs> but this was due to other events that had happened. Like it was like, yeah, that's the kind of thing he had in his head, you know, like it was his message to, you know, institutionalized racism from somebody that was connected to. the. But nobody in the whole gymnasium knew that. So it's like <laughs> nobody, like nobody knew that part. Just so it's like, like we're doing a talent show, and he thinks smashing the guitar. He had dancers come up during the middle of the talent show that I had knew none of the band knew anything about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it was it was always it was always probably this big. But you said the first word, man, and it's respite and uh, social services and service. You two are doing it. I don't know where it is we get it. If it's aliens that help plant it in us or plant it in us. Is that why the word planet exists? Plant, plant. <laughs> uh, plant, they plant. Well, however it existed, man. Yeah. Uh, it's service, man. And, um, you know, our whole team here does it. Sometimes we do it more than we should because we, uh, we end up forgetting something about ourselves. They end up, we pay, we pay for later. Um, mm. Or I have to hear about it from, you know, the queen. You know, like, what are you doing, bro? You know, Bonnie. Uh, oh, Bonnie wants to know that there. too. And think about, yeah, making <laughs> the one that brought the kids into life too. That's You're right, man. I got to tighten up. There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, but sir, I, I talked about it with Troy yesterday, man. And Troy's got a huge heart. Um, I, w- I could go through so many things. I feel like I'm leaving people out. Chris Placco, Troy Barlow. Uh, Max, Chaz Lee. Um, I, there's just so many of us here. Um, uh, Jay Willis, unbelievable. But everybody has the same message. Elena, um, uh, that, man, like I said, there's so many. It's a family. And you all are part of that. And if there's anything you want to do, you have an idea, come do it. If you want to come do this here, come do it. You're more yeah, than man, welcome anytime. Dude, you, you've already said too much. We'll be there real soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the part, man. I think that's the I think that's the equation is that you do it, you serve others as long as we're serving, you know, uh, with love and honesty that you shouldn't do it. I made a mistake by saying I think the karma bank, I'm going to cash in on that 401k. You're already looking at it wrong. You know, as soon yeah. as I said that, it's like, don't do what just because something bad happened to me. That I mean that 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 bad karma is coming back at me right now. 
because I, 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 you know, what all this other service? If I'm thinking like that, man, then I'm already, I'm already in the wrong place. You know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a pure thought. You do it because it's right. You love, you bring them in, you serve. And like you said, respite. Yes. Swayze wanted to make this a, the muscle shoals of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to be a rock star's playground. And the second, the third one, and we'll say it here on the record right now, and we keep it under the lid in regards to, to, I guess, whatever the legal liability is. But he had a, <laughs> a saying he used to say all the time, and I remember it riding in the Mustang many nights, dude. We'd be listening to some funk Motown, me hearing about every production, a keyboard. I had no idea about that existed or why it sounded the way it did. And he'd be like, better go, better go, better go. And there, that's Motown. That's Motown. He's like, we got to make, we got to make Kentucky Motown, Thunder Motown. And uh, that's the mission right now, bro, is that I I want that to be a thing. I don't, I think we all like, you know, these, these things existed where the Rolling Stones came to do an album. There's been other people that traveled to Muscle Shoals. Aretha Franklin didn't have all the money in that production, but on the flip side, you know, they were lucky to have producers or whatever the existence were on that art to say, hey, make the art. Let's just do it because we believe in you. And if something yeah. works out, cool. Throw us a bone later. Treat us like we're an awesome waitress that just gave you the best meal you've ever had. And uh, I I hope every person that walks around this property keeps that that energy. And I know lights got to be paid and, you know, bills got to be paid. Artists got to be paid. Engineers got to be paid. But I have a firm belief, man, that if you put that art first and that servant, the respite, the rock star playground, the Kentucky Motown, the Thunder Motown, if you keep the service on the front end, man, um, you usually get more good back. And there is dog eat dog people that don't care and mm. will get and suck you dry. But, you know, it's I guess it's it's part of it. It's just it's it's the. uh it's the learning of it, man. Have you been able to uh, kind of see that coming a mile away these days? The people that are just there to get everything they can out of you. And um, I, 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 I doubt I that you have that lawyer, much man. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I doubt that you have that much anymore. I, I, I would imagine that um, people, the rep- reputation precedes itself. People know what they're getting. Yeah. They know that if they come down there, that what they're coming down for. They're coming down to produce serious art, serious music. And, and yeah. to uh, take advantage of what you have built there, that that yeah, get away, yeah. and uh, so yeah. I don't think that you would may necessarily get that as much anymore. But I, has that been something that you had to deal with in the past, just and, and kind of yeah, see man. coming yeah. and weed out? Yeah, and I, and I think I, I, I even um, I even think that there's other productions in the area and venues that that have that happen to them too, man. Uh, it is part of it. And that's it, why I try to like, you know, it's, I hope, I hope, where's Troy? I hope they never put my name and anything on the, on the studio website. Um, <laughs> but there, there's entities that exist that we help mediate those kind of things. And yes, you have that happen, but here's the answer. Like, I mean, my answer that I give, and it's taken a lot of years, it's taken therapy. It's taken, uh, it's taken, other people loving me back and keeping me honest to remind me that even when that happens, that if I provide love, 
during that moment, man, I'm cool. You know, if, cause I've done my part, you know, we've done our part. And I think yeah. keeping that message around us all holding each other accountable when we do have that happen, where there's like, you know, well, this is, can we get this? Can we get that? You know, can we get this? Can we get that? Well, you owe us this or you owe me that. Um, okay. Well, I can't do that here for you, brother, but you know, like, but I can do this for you, you know, and this, and I can lead you here. I always want to keep that equation in my arsenal that, that maybe thunder sound can help something personal or artistic. I brought here with somebody or someone else brings here, but I hope, I hope to the powers greater than ourselves that, you know, the reason why the dead had the family they had is because they rely on that kind of stuff. Yeah. We might not have this here, but we have this over here, bro. You know, Hey, that dude needs his space. You've burnt that bridge. I'm going to show you love right now. Let's move forward. And, um, artists need that. I need it. People need that because we got huge egos. We're narcissistic. We're self-righteous. Uh, we've been manipulative drug addicts, uh, liars, we've been cheats, we've been steal. Like, you know, it's, but the cool part that I've learned is in, in being in social work service and working with people of all abilities in the disability world, you learn from, you know, from the, the intellectuals and the professors, but regular people and working in prison systems, everybody's got this stuff, man. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just artists. It's like everybody has that, that thing where the narcissism or ego gets you to the next part. It's just how much are we using it? You know, how much are we manipulating? And uh, yeah, it's just uh, keeping love. And I'm hoping you, Brad, Neil, y'all hold me accountable. So you're part of it. <laughs> Sorry. You got it, brother. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Seth. Have, have uh, you guys ever done any live festivals there on the 100 acre property? <laughs> I feel a question coming on. Is that non disclosure? <laughs> Uh, funny you ask. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, we had we had a, we we've had a lot of shows uh, here at Thunder. Um, you know, I'm very very lucky for the original ones in high school when the sheriff's department showed up. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've rocked out private shows before here, and uh, but here recently, um, and I hope more comes of it. Um, you know, we did a we did Sway Days that was here uh, this year with Raylan Baxter, Barney Cortez. Um, I'm gonna forget some names. Carly, Carly Duran, beautiful artist. Uh, um, a, a lot of these guys that uh, Raylan Baxter, a good friend of mine, great artist. Uh, you know, he had a vision to reach out to these artists. He wanted to record, and we wanted to record. Um, so we kind of had we did the two th- we did two at once <clears throat> we had the sway days to where you know you you it, you honor something billy would want to do and uh we did both we got the productions together and we also did the live recording and a live show it was a very private uh you know i guess uh communications on how it went down because you run into liability man and i'm being fully transparent you know um a hundred people can get weird. 150 people gets weirder and it becomes very liable. <laughs> well said, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets weird. Um, so, uh, is that, is that the biggest hang up of doing something like that on property is the liability of it, knowing that if anything happens, you're completely screwed. 
Yeah, hundred percent, man. And if Barlow, if, if he wants to speak on it, man, he's a legend. Uh, he's a legend in regards to festivals. Um, you know, he's he's done some of the biggest ones, uh, in you know, in the area. Uh, it, he's an unbelievable uh, front of house engineer, production, stage, lights, all that. Uh, clearly, I should have told him about the whole live stream podcast thing a lot sooner than I did. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he uh, he kind of has been the Jedi for me, man, in regards to all it takes is one bad event and it's over. Mm-hmm. Like you can have the biggest over. liability policy in the world. What? You want, you can speak on it. Go ahead. Come here. Talk to him. You don't want to be the fire festival. He's coming. He's about to speak. Come around here, man. All right. Come on in, Barlow. <laughs> Come on around. Well, I was I was writing a message to to Mama to Bonnie. <laughs> oh, and uh, hey, Bonnie's checking well in, huh? Promoting the studio here. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what he was just saying is there are words that I kind of lived by, and I thought were true for quite a long time when I got into show business. AKA the circus. Um, when I, I guess it was like, I don't know, 16, 17. Heck, I don't know. I started in like sixth grade when I was building a puppet, you know, stage for the puppet. That's how I got out of English class for about six months and passed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always, for some reason, I ended up behind the scenes and that's where I feel best at. I, uh, I play guitar a little bit. I've like recently tried to write some music, but I never really feel comfortable, more comfortable than my like nine square meters that I get behind a console, you know, <laughs> watching the band. And you guys are talking about you having private experiences in studios. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not done much studio work. It's on purpose. I try to, that's, it's kind of like a sacred place. I don't want to re- like ruin one of the last things about music that I love and listening to it privately. But I find that private experience in a behind a console where you think selfish is in a, in a studio. Imagine being in control of all this audio. You think you're God uh, as probably as much as the artist sometimes. <laughs> Half a million dollars. So, well, yeah, you're terrified you're going to break it the first time you use it. But then you know, <laughs> they build that into the system. And it's pretty tough to do that. But you taught you taught me the one thing. Like it takes and just call it like it so, is one one death and the ten million. Right. You well, you. That's what I thought when I first got into to, to the business, but and it is somewhat true. You know, one one bad event can ruin you, but that's really a matter of mentality that you take from it. It's really because I've had a lot of bad shows. I mean, you you have to have bad shows to get better. It's just it's just physically how you mature through the industry and you get better. Everybody sucks at some point. You you don't start out <laughs> a prodigy, and maybe a few people yeah. do. But if they do start out a prodigy, it would suck to be in that mindset that you couldn't get any better. Because even if you're a prodigy, you should be able to to continue to grow and learn. Um, mm. If everybody that had a bad show was kicked out of the business, there'd be nobody left. Everybody has a bad day. It's not about the bad day. It's not about what happened. It's about how you react to it and, and how you move forward. Because you can turn a really bad day into a great day because you can learn a lot from it. Hey, young romantic space so, player just walked in. And Gotta make a salad for the boys. Somebody's making a salad. Tell them to make it to one shot up on Top Hill. I'll have to 
I just sent those guys a message telling them they need to travel to Louisville for some uh, one shots. Yeah, man. So, yeah, everybody so, has tough days. I don't believe that anymore that you're out of the business. I believe you go back just like everybody gets back in the game. You pick yourself up, dust yourself off, put a good face on you, tell the truth. If you did something wrong, you own it. You move on, learn from it. Hi, and from the mistakes I've made, I've made some pretty big ones from what I've, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has ever um, not come back to me and asked me to come back to work unless I didn't own the mistake, you know? So the big question is yeah. like, if, if, you know, we've, we've talked about and thrown around the idea of having some type of like Top Hill Recording Festival, but if we probably want it more controlled, like you guys, a hundred, a hundred, there's a number. There's this, there's this number because I, it, we don't want to go crazy, but yeah, so you know, like, we're, the liability nice issues are worry. Have, yeah, umbrella I, policy, right? Umbrella <laughs> po- insurance is important. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. We had we've had a couple of, of nice events out here, and I think like the best events are like when you can walk around, and by the end of it, you you like recognize everybody's face because you yeah. have the opportunity to kind of like walk up and bump elbows and talk and meet. And, chat and, and eat uh, together talk to each other yeah together. and eat that's yeah. important like we had food Dude, eating, uh, catering. breaking bread's important yeah absolutely <laughs> it's something that we all have to do so. I, I think i think like the woodstock bonnaroo thing you know it's uh uh yeah woodstock had they had the vision man you know and that is awesome you know it, 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 it i hope i hope that we can people on the piano yeah sure. okay we got <laughs> i hope we have a i hope we have another woodstock at some point in life. And I'm sure in Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo's kind of been that spot, man. And they got rained out again this year. Mm-hmm. And we went ahead and did tree tunes last, last <laughs> minute yeah. uh, and gathered all these bands that my, another great friend of mine, Luke Thacker, he's a promoter, show promoter, works with Raylan Baxter a lot, does some of his merch. Um, a huge Jim James guy. He lives in Louisville. So shout out to him. Up there mm-hmm. in in Louisville, uh, and he's another. He, I would get in his, you know, get in his pocket, man. He's he's got the vision on the big shows, the big promotions, um, and getting the entities together for his money and sponsorship. Uh, I just get weird about all that stuff. I just want to go. I want to be able to go make art and and have a relationship with the artist, and uh, you know, it can get overwhelming, you know. And I I've learned personally, not saying it's the way it should be. Um, that equation to where we had the artists kind of send out the message, hey, we're doing this show. We're playing this fest- festival um, and personally send out the message on social media and then us track that as it came in on those tickets. Personally sent out a letter with a sticker saying, thank you. Here's your pass to get in. Uh, it was super intimate. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and it doesn't mean those other people couldn't come. It's just, you know, it, it wasn't even about money either. They were supporting the artist to make the album that they wanted to make. So they, they were doing two good things there. Artists that, that really yeah. didn't have a label or production behind them. Uh, nobody really knew them, but they loved Rayland and he has a huge following. And uh, yeah, a lot of people wanted to come, but then it gets weird. Like you said, that number. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. But yeah, umbrella policies cover that. Waivers at the beginning cover that. 
But uh, I'm always in the back of my mind, like, Barlow, you run the stage, you figure all that out. Somebody <laughs> else talk to a lawyer. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. I, I'm you. I'm you. Benefit. Benefit. I'm, 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 I, I, I can't, I don't want to, <laughs> I usually don't want to do it unless we do it for some reason. Like, let's give back. Yeah. Right. I can do a show anytime I want. I mean, not now. COVID has obviously put a, put a little bit of a damper on things, but um, it, what, you're probably wondering who I am for most of you. have never met me before. Um, <laughs> it's perception shadow. <laughs> it's kind of hard <laughs> for me to explain how I ended up here. Um, meeting Seth was basically in a, in a podcast. Like we were, we were meeting each other. Just like you all were doing really? like this. Yeah. And, and uh, no that was because um, I ran a business in Nashville. I did tour support. Uh, my formal training is in mechanical engineering. So I, I welded design Barlow stuff. Musk. And, <laughs> and on the side, when I was going to school, I was like going out to the bar and doing the audio thing at night. And my mother was like, oh, you're still doing the audio thing. You know, you're going to get a job once you get out of college, you know, right? That's that's gonna happen, right? And uh, so I got out of college. Of course, I stayed doing audio thing, um, <laughs> but I started business doing stuff with the audio, and it kind of made things kind of okay. And he made we made but, him build the gate that Matt Schultz. But in, yeah, so the gate <laughs> to this place is why I'm here. I started a project to build a gate for this property. Uh, I have no idea why. It's like forty foot cantilever gate. The concrete we put in the ground is like thirty five thousand pounds to hold the thing upright. You can know, oh, wow. it will not blow over. It's not going anywhere, but it took me two years to build it. Um <laughs> but within the time that uh, all of that occurred, yeah I'm probably wondering why it took me two years to build it. And Neil and Brad Bonnie you're approved welcome to hop over at any time come. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a lot of backstory to all of this. But I met Billy in this this exact room that we're sitting in. The couch in front of me was where he was sitting at. I was sitting over on another couch in the same room. And we're talking about this gate. We're talking about the studio. And can you do this? Can you do that? And and um, between that time and uh, and getting the gate done, Billy passed away. Tiger passed away. Um, Tiger was a friend of mine. I knew him since uh, since my early years in college. I used to live in, a, in an apartment. He used to come over. And uh, it was the 420 house in 13th Avenue, Bowling Green. And we used to play music all the time and um hmm. the great guy i didn't see him for years uh lost contact he was hanging out with billy and well Paul, i decided to move my whole business out of nashville long story short this place was kind of like where i landed and uh because billy was gone this was all up in you know what what's going to really happen with this place so this is going to get finished um what's the long-term prognosis here what are we going to do uh, and it just is like a natural thing that I've um, kind of meandered towards and gotten uh, in my shop is here now. I have business based here. And uh, and I can't really imagine a better situation for me to fall into because I'm a live audio guy. And then I do all these welding jobs and odd things and art and stuff. And this is just kind of like a huge like ground a fertile ground for everybody to like share their different forms of art so there's music here there's like there's there's mechanical art there's you know all these different types of, of building and constructing physical art and sculpture there's just so many different ways i can go uh it's been well, the last mm -hmm. two years it's just been kind of a process of discovery where do how do i fit into this equation 
as I, I don't yeah. really have a desire to be a studio engineer. I love live. I, I, it's just, there's something about the urgency of doing a live show that it has to go on. The show has to go on. Things always go wrong, but the show has to go on. And he pays the most in rent. Well, <laughs> I don't, you know. Sounds like a, uh, sounds like a cool deal, Barlow. <laughs> it is a cool no deal doubt. because, you know, at the end of the day, I still want to go out and do live shows and not have to worry about the rent. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, man, we uh we really appreciate you guys talking to us. We we always try to keep these at about an hour. We're yeah. we're a little bit over, and I want to make sure before we go that for our listeners that uh, may want to come down there and visit with you guys and do some recording and things. How can how can our listeners find Thundersound? Thundersound.com, man. Thundersound.com. Thundersound.com. Got Instagram. Instagram. Uh, all the socials. Facebook. Yeah, uh, we're well. You guys. We're a little Talk, bit top of recording. Y'all yeah. book some people, come to produce <laughs> stuff. We're a little bit out in the country, but you can find us, and uh, all of us would be happy to give you all a tour. And if you don't leave, you know, without knowing how to weld a bead, then um, I'm not doing my job. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but I'm begging you all to come, man. Come, come, oh, man, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We'll be there. Yeah, awesome. that place is amazing. Thank and, you for uh, this therapy. And I. And I would be honored to come up there and hang you all when I'm in Louisville if, I, if I'm welcome. Like, Dude, anytime. You guys. Open yeah. invite. Oh, hell yeah. Let Absolute us know. Absolute open invite. Let us know if you come up this way. Well, Neil's on. Neil's off work on Tuesdays a lot of times, so we'll shoot down yeah, there man. one Tuesday. Tuesday. Maybe we'll get down there. Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Monday night. My favorite day. Tuesdays. All hey, right. let's go out with a let's go out with a with an old dead broke Baron song. Oh no way, man! Yeah, what do you want to play? <laughs> Take us out. Oh man, you pick it, brother. I don't want to name your, name your favorite. Come on, I know you got Me one. Me name a favorite that's, that's, that's special to you. Yeah, that's hard, dude. Uh, I, I'd have to go. I, I'm I'm not gonna go with me lead singing one man uh, because I look up to Shane so much. But I would say. Uh, I would say Railman, you know, uh, Railman is a, is a beautiful tune that, uh, okay. Shane, yeah, we were, you know, we were both talking about hobos and, you know, just, just, you know, the train jumpers, you know, uh, a lot of people, they, a lot of people have struggled saying dead broke parents. I'm just, a Baron is a noble person. We got like, they have a lot of land, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of where we're at. And we got all this shit and we're broke. So it's like our family's got lands, but we ain't got no money. So it's just like, uh, it's where it comes from. But Railman kind of encompasses it all, man. And uh, again, it was, I don't, you might hear the clip on it. Uh, it does say take two, but the audio was a first take, man. So Okay, we'll check it out, Railman. The Railman, take two.
can just look at the camera like, what? 